Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and today it's North Korea audio web blog. That's the Chosun part of our website name. Chosun is an old name for Korea. And of course, our emphasis is on North Korea, not that God doesn't love and care about South Korea. But uh, I think the whole world is especially concerned these days about North Korea. It's been a, a secret place, and yet the Word of God is going in there. It's an incredible thing that happens. I'm reading to you today from some articles from Voice of the Martyrs Korea, VOM Korea, headed by Eric Foley. And I uh, hope you listen and I hope you pray. <clears throat> this one goes back to December of 2016. Somebody asked, how do you do North Korean ministry? This tops the list of VOM Korea's frequently asked questions every time. How do you do North Korean ministry? The answer, we don't. <laughs> Our goal is to aid the existing church inside of North Korea, not to establish our own. The Bibles we provide were translated by the North Korean government. That's right. The discipleship materials we give were in part translated by North Korean defectors. The instructors we train up are all North Korean defectors. And the reason North Korea is a little different than South is partly because of the language. They all speak Korean generically, but in fact, North Korean language, and I'm just talking to you now, this is not from the article, North Korean language is different than South Korean. There are some, I mean, a South Korean talking to a North Korean could probably get along pretty well, but they would have some difficulties. Anyway, each one of these defectors is well aware of the suffering of their brothers and sisters, a suffering which they themselves have experienced. They've tried everything in an effort to relieve their family's suffering. They've sent wealth, culture, even escape routes. But none of these things relieves the darkness that they see around them. In the words of one defector, when I was in North Korea, I thought that if people were well-fed, they would have peace of mind. But in South Korea, I found this was not true. Many North Korean defectors are searching for a solution to their family's suffering, and they're finding this answer in the person of Jesus Christ. In our underground technology and underground university classes, North Korean defectors learn more about Christianity and how to implement the peace that Christ preached of, even in the darkest of circumstances. They visit other defectors in hospitals, in prison, even in countries all across Asia. In our classes, North Korean defectors learn how to finally bring light to the darkness that they sought to eliminate. This week we would like to share with you, well, I won't, that's not this week, that was in December. Um, there's a video there, and you can go to VOM Korea yourself and look at some of these things. Um, let me go over to the next article, which is a few months later. VOM Korea brings the love and the healing of Jesus Christ to North Korean defectors all over South Korea through home visitations. Most recently, Miss Lee welcomed us into her home. 
and despite having little to spare, she was excited to serve. To all the world, Miss Lee is a dear old lady with a heart of gold. However, beneath this thin layer of gold lay a broken heart, burdened by stress and physical ailment. Miss Lee's life in North Korea and her life as a sex-slaved North Korean woman living in China had been fraught with trauma. On top of it all, she was forced to serve time in a North Korean prison camp on three separate occasions. Her last experience was the most terrible. She had no money with which to bribe torturers, and she had a costly secret to hide. Her daughter had recently defected to South Korea. When another prisoner snitched on her, her prison experience took a turn for the worse. Every day, for three months, Miss Lee was beaten. She was thrust against walls. When she fell over, she was kicked. Eventually, Miss Lee's daughter spoke with her church in South Korea, and they raised enough money for her release. She's still recovering from the torture. During the time in prison, though, she saw how Christians were treated. She's not a Christian at this time. She knew nothing about Christianity before her first arrest, but was almost charged with being a Christian. She says, I first learned about Christianity from my torturer. The first time Miss Lee was arrested, she had illegally crossed the border between North Korea and China. This is an especially heinous crime in North Korea because citizens who travel outside of North Korea can be exposed to all sorts of <clears throat> dangerous ideas, no matter how hard their government tries to protect them. If North Koreans wish to legally return, they must undergo a scathing interrogation and possible, quote, re-education before being permitted to do so. Her torturer accused her of being a Christian and probed her for evidence. However, up until her arrest, she had never heard of Christianity. That's a, that's a sad fact right there, right? I mean, never heard, never heard of it. Eventually, her torturer gave up. She was directed to the district of prison where people from her hometown were kept. Now, if Miss Lee had been proven guilty of Christianity, she would have been isolated from other prisoners. Political prisoners are quarantined to prevent the spread of counter-revolutionary ideas. In North Korea, Christians are political prisoners. Guards make sure to give political prisoners special treatment, quote-unquote. That's in the worst possible sense of the word. Despite this, Miss Lee remembers hearing prisoners speak about Christianity in prison. Officials can try to limit God to a single cell or prison district, but he has proven to be larger than any prison that they can build. Miss Lee heard about God from her torturers and her fellow prisoners. However, the person who brought her to Christ was her daughter, a North Korean defector, living in South Korea, and we don't have the details of that one right here, but that's probably a story in and of itself. Oh, one day we're going to hear a lot of stories, a lot of stories. Remember when, after World War II, 
we went and found what was going on in, in Hitler's concentration camps, and we were the world was horrified. I believe that horrification uh, is coming back to the world. We are going to see, perhaps soon, I hope soon, exactly what was going on there. We get a lot of good stories, of bad stories, uh, from the people who have come out. Um, but uh, if we go in right away and they, they are opened right away, we'll see firsthand what was really going on all these years. Here's some prayer requests for North Korea. I know you want to pray. Sometimes you don't know how. Um, this is from just today. I mean, these are prayer requests for September of 2017. First, a praise report. I, I, you know, I'm just wondering if any of you can guess. How many Bibles do you think have come into North Korea so far in 2017? You know, that's uh, one of Mr. Un's, uh, I, I call him Mr. Uh, just out of habit of, of men in authority, but um, he's been trying so hard, and, and his father and grandfather also, trying so hard to keep Christianity out, to keep the Bible out. Do you know how many Bibles have been launched, launched, I said, into the air, into North Korea so far? Would you say a hundred? That would be a lot. That would be so wonderful. How about a thousand? Oh, that's even more wonderful. Five thousand, ten, twenty. Twenty-seven thousand Bibles have come into North Korea so far this year. Praise God. Praising God for good weather and for the South Korean government's cooperation with our launches. Thank God. I was on one of those launches. We didn't put Bibles over there. We put gospel messages and so on, but it is, a, it, is, it is an exhilarating moment when you know that you have been a part of sending the word of God into a country that is supposedly closed, but it's not, is it? There is no country that is closed to the gospel. There's always a way to get in. We desire, and here's where you can pray, and I'm speaking on behalf of Voice of the Martyrs here, although not officially, we desire to launch 10,000 more Bibles into North Korea in September alone. We're in that month right now. You've got to start praying quick. Pray for good winds that will direct those balloons that have the Bibles in them right into the places in North Korea that they're supposed to go. You can pray for seven North Korean women in China who were recently taken into custody by the Chinese security police while they were worshiping. North Koreans in China. That's a no-no. That's a no-no. And we, we talk about illegal immigration here, and a lot of us have a soft heart for it, and we, we try to bend here, and the government's trying. You know, we've been just trying our best to help. We understand as a nation and as individuals, though we know we've got to send some back. It's just not like that in China. The government says, send them back. And when they go back, oh, boy. It's a serious matter, folks, if they go back, if they have to go back. Having been apprehended by the Chinese government, it is so serious. You can't imagine it in your worst imaginings. Well, please pray that these women can be released and not be sent back to North Korea. Then there's Dr. Kenneth Wells. He's a Korean church historian. He's going to visit Voice of the Martyrs Korea this month, also in September, 
His research on early Christian martyrs, Korean Christian martyrs, is so important for both North Koreans and South Koreans to hear. Pray for open ears and open hearts to his message. And then we recently published a large print North Korea study Bible because most North Koreans' eyesight is very poor. Remember, it's in the North Korean language, not the South Korean language. Pray that this Bible can be distributed to North Koreans who need to know the truth of Jesus Christ. Everyone needs to know it. And here are people who have never heard of it in their lives now being exposed to the truth. Pray that, and this is just me talking now, pray that Kim Jong-un is either saved or deposed like soon. He's playing with fire with all the bombs he's sent off. I think he's going to hurt his own people more than the peoples of the world that he's after. We will see. I don't know how God's going to, to arrange for his demise, but uh, it's, it's biblical to pray for the demise of God's enemies. As long as he stays God's enemies, we're in good, good company in praying for him to fall. Now, we can pray that he'll be saved. Why not? But uh, apart from that, he's got to go, folks. He's just got to go. Will you pray about that? And will you pray for the believers in prison camps that God will show up, as we say here. He'll, he'll, he'll just visit these people. He, he can send other prisoners. He can send sometimes outsiders, I guess. But for the most part, it's just God himself having to show up. And that's not a bad deal at all. Through angels, I don't know, through, through his spirit, through comforting words, through these scriptures that get smuggled in. Oh, pray. Pray, pray today for North Korea, will you? God bless you today. Check my website here at North, at, <laughs> yeah, it might be called NorthKorea.com. That would be good. At uh, www.sermonaudio.com forward slash a servant 70 if you're not there already. I have hundreds and hundreds of audios, 15 to 30 minutes each about North Korea. I have, and then there's on that same website, several hundred of, uh, of North Korean language audios by a North Korean defector. It's a pastor. Wonderful stuff on there. Uh, go and check all of this out and then pray. Well, we will talk again soon. It's uh, Hackberry House of Chosun. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye.